What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Cabbage Cart Podcast, your weekly source for all things Avatar. That includes Avatar The Last Airbender, The Legend of Korra, the graphic novels, and books. Fair warning, this podcast will contain spoilers for all Avatar content. With that being said, I hope you enjoy the show. This week on the cart, we're not talking fact, we're talking theory. Like the Big Bang? No, you dunderhead. We're talking fan theory and headcanon. We are your hosts. I'm Austin. I'm Ricky. I'm Ian. And this is the Cabbage Cart Podcast. And welcome back to the Cabbage Cart Podcast. I'm really excited for today's episode, guys. What about you? Yes. I'm pretty lit. Yeah, I'm pretty lit. It's lit, fam. It's lit in this room. Fan theory and headcanon. That's what we're going with today? Yep. All the uh, conspiracies. Well, I mean, you know, we can't get into all Every of single conspiracy <laughs> ever thought about Avatar we're going over today. Yeah. And outside of Avatar. And outside, <laughs> yes. And we have our own original fan theory that uh, I think is going to be pretty... Oh, yeah. It's actually, I think it's legit. Like, there could be... They could write it into canon if they wanted it to, okay. but we'll get into it. Fans have heard it. If you've been listening to the show, you've actually heard this one before, but... We're not going to get to it. Not, not yet. yet. Not yet. A, I am oblivious to this, so I'm going to be just as surprised as everybody oh, else. Oh, yeah. You're going to you, love you've it. You've probably heard it. I think you, you've heard it. You've probably heard us talk about it. But, yeah, it's it's a cool one. It's one that we, we and Ricky really like. But first, uh, Avatar news. All right. So let's hop into, real quick, let's just do the uh, live action series. They announced a director for it. It will be Michael Goy. Um, man, I'm still on the fence about Netflix live action. Yeah, and I don't really know anything about Michael Goy either. I like, was just getting ready to to, to IMDb. IMDb him. Yeah, the, every time every time I I we bring up the live action show, I'm just I can't tell if I'm excited for it. Like as a Avatar fan, I'm happy for more content, but the fact that the Michael, uh, I'm sorry, Brickle left the show. Brickle, yeah, yeah. It just it's just deflated this whole process since. Um, so. Who you got Michael Goy pulled up there? Um, he's actually uh, a he's done a bunch of cinematography apparently. Um, Anything you, we know? American Horror Story. I don't know if I. I mean, I've watched all that. I've ne- you know what? I never got into it. Really? Never got into it. No. Is it good? I I, mean, I, well, I, I like it. It's good. I see a lot of uh, action and what looks to be like kung fu kind of movies in his uh, repertoire. So as a director. Yeah, Kung Fu, Big Sky. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. That's cool, Somebody yeah. who's worked with, like, uh, choreographed fight scenes and stuff before. Well, so he's also done Chilling, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which is a it's an, a, gra- a graphic novel. Hmm. Okay. So, so he has uh, experience with this kind of source material and then transferring it to you know, the screen. So that, that makes I'm not, sense. I'm not going to lie. I think uh, Swamp, this, he, he this did, looked good. Swamp Thing. Yeah, he did The Gifted. Okay, so... He's done some some superhero type uh, shows, so okay. Posit- Nerd culture, positivity here. Okay. Yeah, kung fu. That's actually wow. See, see, now I'm leaning towards live action series. See, just like that. <laughs> well, we ta- flipped real quick. Like that. <laughs> Flip, that's all it took. <laughs> oh, he's done Swamp Thing. I'm, I'm, in. I'm in. Totally not related to Avatar or even remotely. But hey, that's all you need. Then hey, more power to you, dude. I, I was. Uh, it's interesting though, because like uh, everybody's kind of like. Oh, Brickle's not in it anymore. Screw the live action. They're going to fuck it up like M. Night Shyamalan did, right? Oh, yeah. I forgot they left the show. Now I'm back against it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, like, we need to remember, like, Netflix, got, like, has money. 
and they yeah. got like they can bring in the good the, like the big guns on projects and stuff. So maybe Michael Goy is that guy. I think. I mean, they're going hard on this, so I, it, there's a good possibility that it's going to be good. Well, with the po- popularity of, of Avatar on Netflix that they saw, mm-hmm. they they know they have to they have to do this right. Wasn't it like the, the fans have proven that they're loyal to this this show, right? Right. I think last year in 2020, right? It was uh, it was the top streamed animated series for like 12 re- weeks straight or something like that. Yeah, or even yeah. more. It was like I think it holds the record for being on the top 10 for the longest. Yeah, it's like something 60 like something that. Days. Really? Yeah, I you think know, that's what it is. So it might have been beaten, but who knows? Who knows? But I'm happy that that happened because that was the resurgence of Avatar. That was a creation of the show, basically. Yeah, came around that. Yeah, yeah. Dude. And then Avatar Studios this year, dude, is just it's going to be growing. So actually, you know what? Didn't I? Didn't I? We threw that term around a long time ago. Avatar Renaissance is what we're in. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think I think AJ came up with that. Damn one. it, he did. Oh he yeah. Did come up with that. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, terrible saying. <laughs> terrible saying. <laughs> <laughs> or phrase. Um, and then next, uh, they announced the Kiyoshi box set. The hardcover book set will be Rise of Kiyoshi and Shadows of Kiyoshi. That comes out on October 19th, 2021. Kiyoshi box set. Okay. I did not know about this. I wonder what – so I didn't actually get a chance to look at it. Was there anything that you saw that was special about it other than being a – like – No. Together? <laughs> No, really. it's. I mean, they're hardcover. No additional bonus. Oh wait, we like, have we have the hardcover. Yeah, they, yeah. They they only come in hardcover huh. or audiobook, I guess. Yeah, Ian, you have to buy this because we bo- <laughs> we have the books yeah. and you don't. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Yeah. So you need your own. We were two copies. We're throwing around the idea. Maybe we might revisit the Kyoshi novels at that time too when it comes out. Um, we'll see. Oh yeah, you that's know? that's not a bad idea. I might have you to know? force myself to actually uh, open up a book and read. Yeah. I think it's like I th- it. Dang I think it. Reading it is better than the audiobook. I, I think. Mean, I've heard the audio I've heard the audiobook. I like I like Kiyoshi. I like reading. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, they have like they have like uh like grand grand reading it it sounds like. <laughs> no, no. What? It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. I like she's fine. I just rather I'd rather read it myself. Yeah, I've always had problems with audiobooks. You know what's fantastic on the audiobooks? Harry Potter. Yeah, it is fantastic. I listen to all of those. Yeah, there's one guy, one guy reading it, and he does all the voices. And like Hagrid is like, oh, that sounds like Hagrid. Yeah, really. And Professor McGonagall sounds like, oh my. And it's a dude making the voices. It's it's pretty cool. So they got like a voice actor to do it. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. When I was younger, that's how like, that's how we had him on tape. That's how I. That's how I. I read. Oh really? That's how I read like. Three and four, I listened to them. I want to. I, I listened to Harry Potter. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. I, I listened to Prisoner of Azkaban when I had uh, when I had chicken pox as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey man, Prisoner of Azkaban is a badass book. It's a good time to try to get through an audio book. Yeah. You know? yeah. What else are you going to be doing yeah. besides sitting in bed itching yourself? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've itching never had chicken pox. So oh really? You've really? never had chicken yeah. pox? Yeah, never. So, Dude, man, you could die. Do not get them as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. <laughs> I will not do that. How'd you not get chicken pox? It was I weird. I, I don't think I did. I don't know. My memory are, is very blurry. Wait, are chicken pox even a thing anymore? Yes. Yeah. Yes? Yeah, yes. They're still a thing? The, yeah. I have a child. Yes. It's definitely a thing. <laughs> I want to get an audio, Lord of the Rings audiobook read by uh, Sean... Connery? No. <laughs> Scene Bean. Con- Connery? Scene Scene Bean. Sean Bean. Sean Bond. Yeah. Scene Bean. Scene Bean. That's how it's spelled. I, I, I prefer Sean Bond. Sean Bond. <laughs> to go the opposite direction. <laughs> Sean, Sean Bond. The uh, yeah, the Lord of the Rings audiobooks are pretty good too. 
No, you. Oh, okay. I've, yeah, I've, Damn, I haven't like, listened. I haven't listened to all of them, but you know, I like voice acting. So yeah, yesterday I was reading excerpts from the Return of the King from the book because I've never read it, but I I read this expert and uh, I almost cried. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord, Lord of the Rings. You have to actually. I read the Lord of the Rings, so yeah, you, you have to actually read that. There's yeah, but it it really did give me chills. I was like, holy cow! Like it was yeah. There's so much more in the books than. Than on the audiobooks, for sure. Or in the movies. Yeah. Well, and I'm in the middle of watching the extended director's cut right now, too. Director's cut? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Extended director's cut? I think that's what they What's call it. Or maybe it's just extended edition. Extended edition, edition yeah. is what they call it? Yeah. The extended edition. It's like, so like 12 hours of freaking Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah. Gobble down. I'm pretty sure it's like around 12 hours. <laughs> I don't think gobbled down's the right term for it, but uh, hey, you know. <laughs> All right. Uh, real quick, back, uh, looping back around the Kiyoshi box set comes out, what, you said October 19th? Yep. How much is this this book going to cost everybody? $158.85. Uh, $100. i am sorry, what? Say that again? $158.85. Well, or is it just is under, it, yeah. Is it uh, gold gilded pages? I don't know. Like, what? Seriously, oh, I've seen this pre-order for it, dude. <laughs> and what's di- what's different than the hardback books that we have? Oh, here? well, the main difference is that it's way more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, okay, hundred and sixty bucks. One hundred fifty-eight dollars. How do you cents. expect people to pay that? Eighty bucks a book with cash. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Okay. Well, I mean, all right. We've been pulling your chain, dude. I don't know how. Oh, really? Okay, <laughs> dude. Uh, can, Ricky yeah, knew. Yeah, Ricky knew. Look at the shit he didn't get on his face. <laughs> I was kind of. I was wondering, like, eh, I don't know if he's serious. Yeah, what? One hundred eighty bucks. I'm like, damn it! I didn't expect people to buy that <laughs> when you dropped it. Because I like, I looked it up earlier. I was like, that's that's not what. <laughs> that's not even good. Actually, I don't know how much. It's probably like 30, 40 bucks. Yeah, I would assume somewhere around there. Okay, then, um, I'll, then I'll definitely buy it then. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's yeah. like a quarter of the price. I probably said. Um, while Ricky's looking up the official price, we got it. Oh, it's uh, thirty-seven ninety-nine oh, from nice. Abrams Books. Okay, so there we go. Not bad. Um, well, we have it. Not um, Random House. Random a Penguin <laughs> Random House. Random <laughs> Random Penguin House. Whatever that was. Yeah, from what was it last week? Two two no. episodes ago. A couple weeks ago. Yeah. What were we looking up? If we're looking at uh, Beast of Four Nation. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, I can't. I, every time we bring that up, I I can't wait for that. And there's a fan theory about the beasts in Avatar that I wanted to kind of talk about. And All we'll right, get to that well, let's get through the news then, real quick. The only really other news that we have was the Braving the Elements podcast uh, did drop on Tuesday of this week's recording, so the 22nd. So by the time this episode comes out, about a week and a half ago. Yeah, and they they. Released two episodes. And there's probably going to be at least three or four by the time this episode comes out. Because yeah. part two of the the creator um, interview is going to drop here in like the next couple of days. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I didn't like – I have like two minutes left in it. So I, if they like, – You're not missing anything. <laughs> so they uh, – <laughs> Whoa. Mm, I'll get into chill. that. Hold on. Chill. Um, so it's uh, – so obviously it's all pre-recorded because they're dropping multiple episodes a week. Well, yeah. Yeah. So the first episode, the first episode they dropped was a rewatch of Boy in the Iceberg. So you have uh, Janet Varney and Dante Bosco on the podcast. Rufio, Rufio, Rufio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is cool. You kind of hear about um, some of their background, like stuff, 
uh, in their career and stuff. Um, Dante Bosco, I guess, worked with Mako. Yeah, the- I found I did find that interesting that he worked with Mako on on a, a few projects where he was Mako was a father figure to. Right, like a mentor in the industry, like too. on the live screen. Yeah. yeah, well, like he played like his father, oh. his father, or oh. like or like a, a father figure. Right. So the the chemistry that they had between Zuko and Iroh was like genuine. Yeah. See, that was like that was some really cool content right. takeaway. Right. I, I really like Janet Varney's like voice. Yeah. Like she, like you can tell she was like born to be a voice actor. Yeah, I like listening to Cora talk. Like, on a, so be, before I get into what I don't like about it, I'm going to talk about what I do like about it. Okay. So, and that is probably the best part is Janet uh, Varney. Is that her name? Yep. She she's probably the best part of the show. So she ha- yeah she has another podcast called the JV Club, and like on the show you can tell that hey Janet Varney has experience podcasting. She kind of drives the show. I feel like she's and, and she's the host. She's the host. Yeah, yeah. and Dante Bosco is like the color commentator kind of thing. And I think like you're right. Janet Varney is the best part of the podcast. Like she, I think she's pretty awesome. Yeah, she's yeah. funny. She's witty. She knows how to drive the conversation right. forward a little bit, you know. So it's it's been uh it's been actually a little bit better than I thought. But there are some criticisms. Yeah, yeah. Our production is way better. Okay, I know. Okay, so kidding. I don't want to I don't want to get into like the production because uh, it, it, there's only two episodes. That, yeah. So true. the production value is probably going to go up. Um, but no, I th- I mean I think it sound I mean sound wise it sounds great. Sound they're loud. But yeah. I mean, Ricky, there's some hard cuts. <laughs> you're you're loud. <laughs> uh, actually, Dante Bosco is not loud. Sometimes I have a hard time hearing him. He, well, he has he kind of has a, a quiet voice as it is. Well, yeah, I don't think I've ever heard him like yell, other than Rufio. Yeah, yelling, Peter. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what did you just say? Beat her? No, Peter. Oh, Peter. Peter. Okay. From Hook. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. He yells a lot in Adla. What are you talking about? Uh, <sighs> no, not like, I don't know. I was thinking like Wolverine scream. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, one thing I did like about this new, uh, they're doing a bunch of cool like little segments and series and stuff yeah. and that like uh Animal Crossing that they're that's the name of it but really what it is is just chron- like they're just listing animals per episode as they see them in the universe yeah, probably okay. in an effort to build up hype for Beasts of right for nation yeah book. they're uh they're going to get a cease and desist from Nintendo, <laughs> just for just for for saying Animal Crossing, they're like, oh, you can't yeah. use that, can't use you that. can't use that. No. Sorry, nope. Viacom. No. Nope. And uh, so the the Friday episode was their interview with Breichel, and that that was really cool to Breichel. That's our, by the way, headcanon. I want, <laughs> I want. That's our name. We coined it, Breichel. <laughs> I want Breichel to hear that, and I want them to pick Breichel over Breiky or whatever the hell that yeah. everyone yeah, else says. Breichel is better. Breichel is better. way better. Yeah. And everyone can say it. True. Like when people read Breiky, they think they either say Breich or Breiky. Yeah, Breichel is right. pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's, it's See, Brian it's so and much Michael. Better. So how do you spell it? Oh, with a Y? That would look weird. It's got to be with an I. B-R-Y-C-H. No, B-R-I-C-H. It's got to be. That's how I've spelt it in the past. In group chat, I've spelt it like that. Okay. But do we do? But do we insert the Y? This is important. Is Brian's name with the Y? Yeah. So it's then when you Brian. Got, you got to do the Y. Bri- like First it. half of Brian's name, last half of Michael's name. Yeah, okay. Bri- yeah, Brickle. 
All right, guys. Official, <laughs> <laughs> official canon nickname: Brickle, spelled B R Y C H A E L. Boom. Submitting this to Avatar Studios. Boom. Yeah. Well, and just in case you didn't know. They are the creators of Avatar. Okay. It's just, there's maybe people who don't know. So we just keep saying these random names. They have people with no context. But yes. They, uh, so they met in college at RISD, which is a university I had definitely heard before. I've this never. <laughs> no, no, I've never. Never it's heard of that. Rhode name. Island School of Design. Yep. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's, a, it's an art school, right? That's. It's a design school. Yeah. So they well, met. Seth MacFarlane, they uh, was a class above them. Yeah, that's uh, what. Well, that's what they told us. So yeah, yeah but like it's it's a prestigious school apparently. Apparently, yeah. yeah I, like, I knew nothing about the school, and I've been to design school. Hmm. Yeah, well, and uh, Dante Bosco was saying too that uh, like Brown is another design school. I guess maybe out in California, like East Coast oh, yeah. school, and uh, there's not really a rivalry, you know, because it's an art school. Sure, but. Uh, since he's from Brown, Zuko's from Brown, right? Or Dante's from from Brown University, and then right. the creators are from RISD. They have like this beef with them. yeah, like they're trying to claim like who's who gets to take credit for for what. Okay. So, like, it, apparently in the podcast, that's what they said. Okay, so I thought that was interesting. I think something that they did really well in the show is is they created these segments. Just to just to kind of which a lot of shows do. Um, so why don't we give them one of our own segments here? Uh, right. It's a brand new segment we got we got just for the show. It's called Ian hates everything. <laughs> Ian hates everything. <laughs> <laughs> we're watching this show. We're we're talking about this show uh, earlier in the week, and Austin and I are both. Both on the same page, and then Ian's just like, I hate this. <laughs> oh, oh, no, so, Ian, why don't you take it, Ian? Uh, okay. what, what don't we like about the podcast? Okay, so you've seen Ready Player One, right? Uh, yes, I saw it once. You saw it I'm once? Not I've watched it a familiar. couple times. Okay, so one of the, Sorrento is the, is the bad guy, or, or director Krennic, Krennic. Or Krennic yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever, from Rogue One. Um, his, his whole thing, he wants to take over this game so he can... Uh, put ad space and take up like 97% of the player's uh, view space in the game. So when I'm watching or when I'm listening to this podcast, driving to work or no, yeah, when I'm I'm driving home and there's two minutes of commercials before the podcast. Mm-hmm. Why, why am I listening to two minutes of commercials before the podcast? It takes it takes me out of the entire experience, and not only is it is it a commercial that takes me out of the experience, it's a commercial for cars. Are you kidding me? Yeah, come on now. <laughs> there's a there's a. It's not even a read. Like it's not like a sponsored post. It's like literally a it's, commercial. It's literally a commercial, like a radio. Commercial. Yeah, and, and it feels it feels like they're putting just pop ups in front of your face. Like listen to me, listen to me, look at me, look at me. I want to. I want to hear about Brico. I want to hear about what they're doing, where they came from, all that kind of good shit. I'm not buying a Honda. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, come on. I don't know. The uh, what? What else? Keep going. What else? <laughs> yeah, you, you, what oh, else did man. you have a problem? A little with? red over there, Ian. <laughs> I can tell there's more. <laughs> I don't know. I, I so I did listen to it, and I was in. A, I was in a really bad mood when I was listening to it. So it probably amplified all my my. Uh, criticisms of it i think dante bosco he's a fantastic uh personality he he did zuko fantastic um 
I, I don't I don't know when he was talking it just sounded like he didn't really know his his subject matter and he just riding on the coattails of Rufio and he's like hey, I'm Dante Bosco <laughs> I don't really know I don't really know what the character's all about Rufio like Zuko no I'm saying Rufio oh okay it, it, I yeah I don't know man it he just sits in the back and and he seems way out of place especially when he's when he's interviewing uh, Brykel. in my opinion I know I might I might get some hate for this. But I, I, if you guys, I mean, if you guys don't agree, no, please no. Tell me. I see what you're now that you you say that. I see what you're saying, and, and it kind of you kind of just ruined the show for me. <laughs> like, yeah, no, like Janet, Janet is like is she's, amazing. She's, she's amazing, and she's she's doing her homework, and she's she's reading up on this. Uh, the uh, what was it? It was um like the art of Avatar, and mm-hmm. she's trying to you know do an actual interview and and Dante's like hey hey guys what's up long time no see <laughs> Rufio like, god damn it Dante man you're better than this well oh. there's even one part in it that he uh they're referencing that book and uh Dante's like oh I didn't read it I have it right here was I supposed to read it yeah yeah douche nozzle you're supposed to read it yeah he hasn't I don't think he's taking it as serious as Janet is Get- again, again, she's definitely the professional, and she knows what she and she, and she she guides the show, the rewatch, everything. <laughs> just, just oh, so it's so. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Now we're never gonna get him on the show. I love you, Rufio. <laughs> I love you, Rufio. You're better that you're better than this. <laughs> well, we got to remember too, dude. I mean, like he's like you were saying, she's done her her own podcast. Janet Varney has right. he, like Zuko or Dante Bosco, very new to this, so. Maybe well, he has his own podcast, doesn't he? Mm, I, I'm no, on he, Instagram. I'm always seeing like Dante Bosco has gone live. Yeah, he does lives like where they do mu- movie reviews. Oh, okay, but I never watch yeah. them. So. In in the yeah. first episode of of Braving the Elements, he lists off his credits and he says, "And now podcaster." So he's. I think this is his first podcast. Oh, really? Did by deducing from that, you okay. know what I'm saying? Okay. They. Well, we got to remember too. Like this was just a job. Him. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, and he's got to go back and re re educate himself on all this. I don't stuff. think he's seen the series. <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't think he has either. No, no. Huh. And like really? they, yeah. him and Janet both admit during the show, they're like, "Oh, we're going to become Avatar experts now." So it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't they know. Have, they have they, to. Yeah, yeah. But to. I don't know. If now they, they're in the Avatar verse, like as right as content right. creators, not just characters. Right. I. I I I don't know I don't know I feel like neither of them have seen the series I don't yeah I I get the I get the impression that Dante hasn't watched Atla um I and he I don't know he he keeps on talking about his experiences at conventions and stuff like that I understand because I go to conventions I set up at conventions that some of these fans can be overbearing I mean mm-hmm. we're three dudes in a room talking about a kid show from twenty years ago we can be overbearing. Yeah, uh, we're critiquing his his one time podcast like, like I'm a yeah. like I'm a professional. Like, come on here, but I don't know when 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 you have a, a subject matter that is this big. Um, I would I would say there's the fans that are that love Avatar um, are the same kind of fans that are crazy about Star Wars. They take this shit seriously. Yeah. So when you come up at a at a at a, at a convention and someone says. Um, Zuko is the best redemption arc in all of cinematic history, and you're like, "What the hell are you talking about, buddy?" Like, come on now, you. This is someone's. Someone grew up on this. Some right. this 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 show changed someone's life. You need to be prepared for that. And That's he true. and he was not. Yeah. 
Well, and then he even, on top of, uh, like, he didn't understand the honor joke. Right. Like, when people would be like, can you just sign my thing with saying honor? Well, well, okay, hold on, hold on. That's forgivable. He's talking, that's during the series. When when the show was airing, that's that's old. That's like, yeah, we're talking about, like, a meme that's been around for 15 years. And then, like, that's the creation. He, no shit. Uh, I guess he was understand. talking about it in the context of the time it was happening. Yeah, yeah, so that's forgivable. Yeah. I'm, I'm laughing because I'm like, you know, we're going to meet Dante Bosco one day. Like, we're going to go to the con. And, I hope and meet I him. want to meet him because he's a fantastic person. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like Viacom, Nickelodeon, or, or Paramount and all that, they, they're putting on their, their podcast hat and they want to dip their toes in this. And they kind of laid a big fat goose egg. In my opinion, I'm going to get hate for this. I get it. They kind of laid a, a goose egg with this. You're going to do a rewatch? Are you kidding me? You have all these resources at, at your disposal. You have all these actors that you can that you can interview, and you're going to do a rewatch? We have all done a rewatch. Yeah, there's like 30 podcasts that do rewatch so, episodes. Come up with something that's more original, in my opinion. This this interview was original. I I enjoyed when they right. when when Breichel was talking about where they came from, what they're doing. The whole segment on on uh, how they were, um, oh god, what was it? The the that, the cultural appreciation of like the Asian culture. Oh and, yeah, and, and that was in, mm-hmm. that was interesting. That was super interesting, yes. and they were doing it twenty years. Uh, ago, even it's so in the in the forefront right now. Right, that was interesting. I don't want to. I don't want to see it. Realized. They were ahead of the time. They were like, way ahead of their time. Way that ahead, was like, honoring. That was a really the, cool segment. Yeah. like discussion. Yeah. Well, and this is cool too because the reason why they were exposed to that is because uh, they were in uh, Seoul, in Korea, yeah, in, South Korea, in Korea, yeah. right? Working on Invader Zim, right. and they got an appreciation for the culture, and they said they 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 wanted to. Act add that into their show rather than adopt it in their own kind of view and then they didn't they say like they saw it and they were like this is uh this is like untapped like you're not using these guys to their full you know they're not reaching their full potential you know and they kind of recognized that and learned all they could yeah yeah they did yeah that was probably the best part of the entire i did i did enjoy that part for sure yeah so i guess really the main complaint is that it's uh you just as a fan and as a uh, you know seeing a podcast come from an official platform like this with so much power and and, and resources behind it, you would expect a little bit better of yes. a show or at least yes. more content to come out of the show. Yes. Well, it's, we're two episodes in. Guys. That's true. Too. You know, that's what I'm saying. We're only two episodes in. the The production quality is going to get better. The hard cuts are going to get better. I'm not sure if the advertisement is going to get any better. I want them. Probably. I would. I would even feel better if they were doing reads. Add reads. I would feel better. You know? if I mean, because I listen to Joe Rogan. And they're voice actors uh, and actress. And, you know, mm-hmm. Joe Rogan does his own voice reads. Right. Like it, it, Janet, A lot of podcasts do. They do. Most of them. Why not have yeah. Dante Bosco do a voice read for a, an upcoming Nickelodeon show? I, like, right. Yeah, in the character of it, Zuko. Dude, come on. You yeah. Know? So or, much potential. Cora. Come on. So much potential. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. really cool. I mean, was, I wouldn't even mind. Hearing that ad, you know what I'm saying? It's cool. That's a cool fucking idea. Go for it. Yeah. They're they're treating it like a TV show, and it's off-putting to me. Mm. So that's all I have to say about it. Definitely, <laughs> definitely listen to it. I'm not going to say don't listen to it. Okay? Make up your own opinion on it. That, that's just Ian's opinion because I hate everything. <laughs> and that concludes this segment of Ian Hates Everything. <laughs>
Ian's like, that's all I have to say about it. It's like, you know, it's been 10 minutes. He's like, <laughs> he's like oh, sorry. I blacked out, dude. <laughs> Where are we? <laughs> I critique things because I I love it so much. Right. I love right. it so much, and it, it if it if it doesn't hit the uh, the itch doesn't scratch. Doesn't scratch. Itch. It, it, yeah. If it doesn't hit that level, it, I, I I get kind of that's irritated. So. Yeah. That's fair. I think I think that's all. We've we've said that before on the show. We when we're critiquing Avatar and stuff, we we do it like from a place of love. You know what I'm saying? We yeah. all we wouldn't be sitting here if we didn't love the show. You know. I I hope Dante listens to this specific <laughs> podcast and we meet him and he calls me out on it. <laughs> I just slaps you. Yeah, <laughs> from like where's and like he honor? spots you from like across the room. He's just like, <laughs> "Hey, get dick. that guy, <laughs> dick." <laughs> I mean, if I get insulted by Dante Bosco, fantastic. Yes, that would be great. We we'll have to get that on. He's video. like. He's like you two, Austin, Ricky. You you're cool. Ian. <laughs> you're a douche nozzle. <laughs> You know, it's a, like we said, it's the first episode because I mean, well, the first two episodes, but the first episode talking about just the show. So I think there's a lot of room to grow. That's yeah. the exciting part. Yeah. And it gives us something to talk about, too, which I love. It's just more Avatar content. Yep. Yep. It's more Avatar content. Like, I mean, we get this to talk is about really this like the first content that's come out of, you know, Avatar Studios since that announcement. You know what I'm saying? This is our first. Starting to to uh, warm up and and start pumping out some. That's content true. I guess. Would you would you consider this under Avatar Studios? Is it considered I Avatar it Studios? I, it, I mean, it, it might as well be. It should. True. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all one big conglomeration of stuff. So. Yeah. Paramount. Yeah. You now they use the term Avatar Verse. So. Oh, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Which so, I like. That's cool. That's fine. That's uh, it's good. Good term. Good term. I'm glad that term exists because. You know, that means we're just going to be getting so much more. Yeah. Avatarverse. We're in the Avatarverse, Ooh, man. Maybe. There's so much stuff they could do. Anyway. All right. So we've gone through the news. We've gone through our new segment, Ian Hates Everything. Let's go ahead and finally <laughs> get into... I love you, Dante. <laughs> Ian Hates Everything but Dante. Uh, let's finally get into uh, today's topic, which is going to be fan theories and headcanon. Uh, obviously, this is going to be an ongoing, recurring episode, right? Because we can't get through them all today. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll revisit these ideas, especially as more fan theories come out, because they're always someone's always thinking of something. We actually had an original one, which I'll get to in a second, but I want Austin to start out because he had one from Kiyoshi, and I also have one from Kiyoshi. So timeline wise, this happens first. So mine from Kiyoshi is not really it, it's not really a, a head theory. It was the one we were talking about earlier about the Fifth Nation. Hold on one second. You just said head theory, and it really bought. <laughs> Did I say head theory? Oof, you're smushing all, t- together uh, our words, and and it's gonna bug me. I have a problem with that. <laughs> what I meant to say was fan theory, theory canon. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 not that kind of kid, but close. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did. My my brain immediately went to like a t-shirt launcher when he said that. Yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah. Theory canon. That theory. sounds like a cool name for like a like a like a grunge band. <laughs> We're theory <laughs> canon. We are theory canon. And it's yeah. just like, but it's like we're here to defend our honor. But it's like, but it's like scientific. They're all scientists, 
So they oh have like scientific god. theories. <laughs> oh my god! They're dressed in lab coats. <laughs> All right. Yeah, what was anyway, your head cannon? Anyway, what, what was your head cannon? No, I thought you were, you were first. Mine wasn't head cannon. It was just about I was talking about the fifth nation because there was speculation that some people say that they were actually considered a nation of the world. Which, if you haven't read the Kyoshi novels, the fifth nation is this basically this group of people from every nation: fire, earth, water, uh, tribe, uh, everything, air nomads, even that are pirates essentially. Dalfe. Yeah, Daofi is what they call them. But uh, they were called the Fifth Nation because they considered themselves a sovereign nation of people. And Yang Chen honored that. So for at least one period of time, people believe that there was a true Fifth Nation in the world. Even though they didn't reside anywhere physically. Huh. How is that a theory? If Yang Chen, like, approved it. Well, she made, like, a pact, wasn't it? Right. It was, like, a peace. peace it was a treaty. Yeah. They, they called themselves the Fifth Nation. And didn't other nations call them the fifth nation they call them the fifth nation army okay so it it didn't seem because i mean what defines a nation that's what i'm saying it's like it's more of a discussion and less of a theory so i don't know because you the you would say the air nomads are i don't and they 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 don't stay at the temples they just so it's not like i i i back it up i back it up i think the fifth nation could be considered its own nation at the time. Know, we don't know enough about them. Maybe they did have somewhere that they resided primarily. Yeah. Isn't it in Kiyoshi that they go to basically renew that treaty with Yoon? Mm-hmm. And then yes. and then it goes down. Yes. Shit goes down because yes. they, they kidnapped a bunch of people. A yeah. bunch of Earth yeah. Kingdom citizens. Yeah. 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 And they and they found them. There was no, there was no rock except for the, the ink tablet. Takaka oh, goes yeah. to, to kill Yoon and he, he slams down on the, the stone ink tablet and blocks it. Oh, yeah. That was cool. Oh, I hope they make cool this stuff. into a show. Anyway. That oh one, so it's more That'll of a discussion awesome. instead of a headcanon. But uh, it does segue into what you were saying. Uh, you had a theory. Yeah. So I think that Guru Patik and Laogi are the same person. Okay. We, okay. We've talked about yes, this. I yeah, told okay, yeah. Yeah. I told you. I told you. I like that theory. I yeah. really do. Because it. Because I've also heard uh, that he is uh, – never mind. I lost my train of thought. So, so Laogi <laughs> – <laughs> uh, Thanks for contributing to the conversation. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Ian's like, well, no, uh, I'm not hating on it, so I don't – uh, uh, Something good's coming to my mind. Oh, I can't control. Oh. <laughs> brain, brain just shuts down. <laughs> Damn it. So, so Laogi is in the Kiyoshi novels. He's part of uh, – kind of part of Kiyoshi's teen a- avatar – but he's also like the shadow. But he's also known as Tigway, Tigway the Immortal. The Immortal, yeah. He Are we te- pronouncing that right? Tigway, Tigway. I think so. That's fine. I think so. And why? Because yeah, I because the audiobook. Yeah. Kiyoshi. <laughs> and he teaches Kiyoshi some of his immortality. He trains her in immortality. Basically, uh, he describes it as like replacing the parts of your body. It's it's kind of weird, but and then we know he's like repairing your parts of your body. Yeah, yeah. we know Kiyoshi lived to be like two hundred forty. We don't even know how old this guy is. We just, she calls him Tigway the Immortal. He uh, okay, and he now ne- he never admits to it though. Yeah, but she knows. But oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah. that's the thing. And so now in the book, he's going by this man Lao Gi. So he takes on different personas that we see. So maybe okay, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go into this. So maybe in this life he could be an assassin, but by the time of Aang's life, he could be Guru Pratik. Maybe this this time he chose to leave a peaceful life. As a matter of fact, this immortal being is here to help the Avatar. 
what did Kiyoshi need? She needed Lao Gi. Lao Gi was an assassin. Mm. Sure. Sure, he was okay. a bad guy, but that's what Kiyoshi needed. Guru Patik is for Aang. Okay. So he's fulfilling the needs of the Avatar of the, before the Avatar even knows he needs them. Yes. So there's like this immortal fucking little being, and it's just he's just there in the world to help help when he's needed. Ah, you fucking like, like that. that, don't yeah. you? So that's, you take that one step further. Yes, yes. Okay. This okay. is this is uh this is our original fucking theory. It's gonna become canon because they're they're planning it, and we found it first. <laughs> <laughs> we found it first. Guru Patik is Tigwe the Immortal. Tigwe the Immortal. They have to. They at some point in Avatar Studios, if it's gonna be as big as they say, they have to at some point bring in that ability to regenerate yourself and become immortal because it's discussed in the Kyoshi books. It's so just, they have to bring it back in. Somehow. And we also see Boomy. Boomy's 113 years old. You know what I'm saying? So I was going to I was going to say that I cuz I I remember what I was getting ready to say before my I had a brain fart. Um <laughs> <laughs> that I read that King Boomy was Tigwe the Immortal, which is why he's so old. No, cuz him and Aang met when they were kids. <laughs> Done. Okay. Done. So, so why would that even be on a fucking Reddit Cause people, thread? Because people like to just say stuff to say stuff. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Without thinking about it. Yeah, my theory is way better you, than that. Okay, so if... No, I'm serious. I think my theory is better than no, that. No, it is. If you can... I mean, yeah, yeah whatever. It's not my theory that right. uh, King Boomy was right. T-Way. But if you can repair yourself, can you get younger? Oh, I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm trying to, I don't know, I'm trying to justify this like theory. Benjamin Button, your Maybe. own ass? But, yeah. Okay, so we, we see it amongst Earthbenders, though. It's an Earthbender Right, technique. which is why King Boomy, probably why I read, I read that someone said King Boomy in that fashion. I think that's a stretch too far to assume. You would have, that's a lot to assume. Because T-Way the Immortal, as we see him in the show, is an old man. To follow Ricky's theory, if you accept that that is possible to regenerate yourself Pathik is an old man. Like yeah. I don't think you'd be able to make your. We don't have no reason to think that you can make yourself young. But when you see Guru Pathik, he does seem like, like old, ancient, like a more. He does. Y- you know, like, like you're like you've been around a long time. And he's you? got a real broad understanding of things. Right. Like, right. Mm, I, yeah, I really like this theory. Did I we really love this? Theory. Did we see Guru Pathik in Korra? I. I thought so, but I can't. I think I think there's one shot of him during Harmonic Convergence, but I didn't want to rewatch all of season two to find it. <laughs> not gonna lie, we'll have to look that up. And in typical Cabbage Cart fashion, not ever bring it back up. <laughs> Never follow up on it. Okay, is it my turn? If you, uh, yeah, go for it. Shoot it. All right. So this theory I really really like. I, I came across it yesterday actually. So the theory is Zaheer knew Aang and was an acolyte, an air acolyte. Okay. So the theory is that before Korra, um, uh, and how how Zaheer knew so much about uh, airbending was that he, as a child, he was an air acolyte under Avatar Aang. Okay. Before he turned to evil. Before before he <laughs> before he turned evil and uh, seeing the power of of the avatar firsthand uh changed hey. changed his his uh thought and that's why he joined the red lotus hmm. that's pretty solid I, I think that's pretty solid who's the um who's the uh, guru that he um uh lagima guru lagima oh yeah no, it's lagima it's I, they say lagima in lagima they say it in the show okay 
I mean, I thought he got most of his knowledge from Lahima, but maybe that yeah, was but just he was how, did, how did he get, how did he well, study he read that? It. He read it, yeah. yeah. Oh, but what exposed him to that? Yeah. Is being an air acolyte? Yeah, I, exactly I, right. That sounds so convincing. That's the, so It makes the most sense. Every, every Everyone of, of the the gang knew who Zaheer was. Everyone. How? How did Kaya know who Zaheer was? How did Sokka know who Zaheer was? How did Zuko know who Zaheer was? Didn't Tenzin put him away already once? Was it Tenzin? They, well, they, well, all, they all put him away. Oh, that's right. They like, all, like the gang. Right. Put him away. Put him away. Yeah. Who was it? Who, I'm sorry. It was Sokka, Sokka, Tonrock. Tenzin. Zuko, Tenzin. Kaya? I don't think Kaya was I don't part think of Kaya that. was uh-huh. part of it. I'm talking who put him away the first time. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I, yeah, think, the first I think those four. Yeah. Because that they were going after Korra, they were trying to kill Korra right. as a child. Oh, that's right, that's right. As a child, yeah. Okay. Or were they trying to kidnap her? And like, I think kidnap her because they be... wanted to indoctrinate her, right? Yeah. Yes, to change, like brainwash her, brainwash her, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Evil Avatar. Dang, that's a really good theory, dude. I totally can see that. I being think that's possible. yeah. That that really explains a lot. Because that's always kind of like one of the mysteries around Zaheer. It's like, where, where did you learn all this shit? That's how he was able to pick it up so quick. That's why he knew the tech, like the physical techniques. Yes, because he studied under Aang. He studied air, the air culture under Aang as an air acolyte. What if Zaheer got the snake tattoos like, like uh, instead of arrows? Like, oh, uh, like Kyoshi's mom. mom? Oh, that'd be dope. Uh, what was Kyoshi's mom? What? Hmm? What was her name? Oh, can't, I can't remember. Can't remember now. Nah, no, no, no. That's gonna bother me. I'll have to wait until uh, October nineteenth. Yep. <laughs> um, so this this next theory uh, follows that, and it's the Red Lotus killed Sokka. Oof. Because everyone, we don't know what happened. What happened with Sokka? Everyone wants to know how he died, if he died, where he's at. So, because Sokka, he was part of the council, right? The right. the council for Republic City. So I'm assuming. That he he was responsible for one finding the next avatar and two protecting the next avatar. We so, don't see Suki and Korra at all, right? So did no. So did he, no. No, we Suki, don't. Huh? We don't. You think Sokka died protecting Korra and they're in that's the fight? the theory. Is because we know he went right. So, so that's the theory. Is that back? is that he died protecting Korra? That would be an awesome in the fight way. that put the Red Lotus away. Yes, that would be an awesome way to kill Sokka. I know, right? That would that would that would scratch the itch. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, hell that would yeah. be a gangster way for Sokka yeah. to go out, dude. Right? That'd yeah. be gangster, man. Those, yeah, those, like an old man going down in a fight protecting the next. I think, I don't think no, I, I don't think. I don't think. Yeah, I think they were. They were like. Well, they'd be relatively old. They'd be at least. 50, 55. I mean, he's because Zuko's seventy something by the time. So, so Korra actually, no, no, no. We can we can find rose. out. We can find out because I think Aang died around sixty six, which would put Sokka at like sixty eight. Okay. So yeah, so he's an old man. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Which, I want to see Sokka's death scene. Like, oh, that would be so amazing. If, if, I want to the the Red Lotus. I, I think I think that is the the. Theory that we or the what we want to see is Red Lotus. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's oh, what I'm. Yeah. Uh, like, I want to see the this. crux of the. That's a, that's another good theory. I, I know. I, I came across those two and I was like, oh shit, oh shit. Hmm. I like that. So, All right. Oh. Zaheer studied under Aang, and the Red Lotus killed Sokka. Both of those head get, the, get the cabbage cart stamp of approval. <laughs> okay. We need one. We need a cabbage cart stamp. That's dope. That'd yeah. be dope. Ooh, especially if we're going to be reintroducing this uh, topic episodes a lot. So okay. you got you got another one there, Austin? I have a couple. 
Oh, he has a um, list. Oh, man, he does have I a list. I did get a list. Holy Not all cow. of them are good. Um, here's one that I did want to talk about, because I actually like this one. Um, Hama is Katara's actual grandma, and Grand Grand just took care of Katara and Sokka since Hama was off since she got fighting. Okay. Or no, she got fucking captured. Or captured. Right. Okay. She agreed because they were fr- Hama and Grand Grand were here's the theory. Hama and Grand Grand were friends. Okay. Hama was a bender, whereas Grand Grand is not. Hama being Sokka and Katara's real grandmother, when she got captured, she took over Grand Grand took over custody basically of the kids. Is, of the kids. Is okay. Grandma Grand Grand Kaya as in Kaya Katara's mother's mother? Your theory falls apart. Or is it Wait, is what it now? Kaya so <laughs> Katara's mother is Kaya. Right. Is it is is Grand Grand see the, the the theory falls apart if you just like, well, we we would know No, Grand is Grand's Kaya, not part of the family. Is Grand Grand Kaya's mom? I would you'd have to assume no at this point. So we're just assuming no. We're assuming that Grand Grand is not part of the family. She just agreed to take that role over since Hama was gone. Uh, I don't. Uh, okay, so the f- and the reason for that is because nobody else in the. This goes into my next theory of discussion or the topic of discussion about bending. But the theory is that like you have to adopt another theory to make this one work. In that um, bending is hereditary. So if there's no other benders in a family, then you're never going to be a bender. Hama is a bender. Grand Grand's not. Okay. You know their parents are not. I was getting ready to go there. Like, why is this theory a, a thing? Is it because that Hama is a bloodbender? Yeah. Kind of thing? And okay. that's why Katara has the ability to do it so quickly as well. Okay. Because she is actually her grandmother. Okay. I, can, I mean, I can see where this makes sense. When did when did Hama get captured? And when did uh, Kaya die? But yeah, I don't know if we have those timelines. Well, we know when Kaya died, but we don't, we I don't, don't know I, when Hama got captured. I can't captured. get behind it. I no, think, really? Nah, nah. I think it's I think it's plausible. It's plausible. It's plausible, but it's wrong. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's more plausible if we knew for a fact that bending was hereditary, right? Because then we. But be we like, don't know. But that. we don't know that. We don't know where bending really comes from. Well, we do. The lion turtles and the wow, that was. Man. Well, we don't know how it's you know passed what? down though. Yeah, yeah. We don't yeah. know how the next generation gets it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that kind of brings me into – it's kind of a two-parter on this next one. But uh, there is also the theory that in order to – this is actually highly hot topic on Reddit actually quite a bit. Okay. That uh, in order to lava bend, you have to have an earth oh, yeah. bending – or earth yeah, earth nation uh, pa- parent right. and a fire nation parent. Or like an earth bending parent and a fire bending parent? Yeah, or at least have like some of that lineage from both sides. Okay. Uh, okay. That could be true. The, well w- – we only see that with Bolin because we know his parents. Well, you know, you have Mako and Bolin. But we know that Mako's a firebender, Bolin's a uh, earthbender. But we don't know anything about Gazan's parents. Well, we are so nitpicky. Hey, can uh, who are Gazan's parents? Like, are you <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> we need to know. Like, we need the backstory on need, this villain now. Now. Well, here's the thing, though. The reason why that I think that this is probably true is that from Toss Metal Bending Academy, Sun, the the young lava bender that she finds, right? Uh, the backstory on him is that he is an Earthbender from Yudao, which yep. was previously a Fire a Nation fire colony. Nation colony yeah. Nice. I forgot In the that Earth example. Kingdom. I yep. forgot that example. So, 
like obviously there might have been some you know it's certainly possible that he's got fire nation parents and or fire nation dad or mom and earthbending that's the only way that you could in my opinion that's the only way that you could lava ben is that if you had a parent uh, of, of one of the each parent is a, is a different element it's got to be right well you're heating up you're heating up uh uh rock Right. The argument against this primarily okay. is that it's a lot like water bending in that you can ch- turn it into ice or you can turn it into steam with rock since lava is just another form of that. Can uh, turn it into steam? Who's ever done that? Or no, excuse me. It would be I think the the theory was that it would be like trying to turn it into steam, heating up water. Heating up water. Oh, yeah. Which we haven't seen, but like you know, it, if you can freeze it why wouldn't you be able to go the other way? Fuck, man! I would hate to be up against a waterbender with a with a fire nation parent, and they just blast steam in your face, <laughs> <laughs> like, just melt your face off completely. Yeah, oh my god! Oh my god! god. Terrible. <laughs> steam bending. Oof! That sounds okay. the most painful. Sounds <laughs> awful. Steam bending me like air. I don't. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. It is all. It doesn't. Uh, no, it's water molecule. Cora does that in in season one. What'd she do when when they're trying to save Bolin? Uh, and like they they do a diversion and they like they bust out or they they break a pipe and all the steam comes out and, and she's like, "Woo, you know, I'm bend, hmm. I'm bending the steam." <laughs> <laughs> is that what is that, that's verbatim what she said? You know what? I just I was just listening to Braving the Elements, and you sound just like, like Janet, Janet Varney. Varney, right? It's she, like she was in the studio right now. Yeah. Wow. Our special guest today, Janet Varney. Thank you for coming. Ooh, I'm bending the steam. <laughs> that's what you sound like. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, she does that in the in season one. But that's water bending. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. That's what we're yeah, talking about. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I thought you said something about airbending. Wouldn't it? I, I oh, I, I, was, I think that was just a passing comment. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. So I was, I was still thinking airbending. So do we? What? We, what's the conclusion? Is a lava bending have to come from a mixed nation family? I'm going to say yes. I, I think that yeah. is the most pl- plausible yep. way for someone to lava bend. Mostly yep. just because soon, son, because two of the three lava benders we see have mixed right. heritage, right? Okay, so then we have our own theory, though. So if you have a a water water nation parent, water tribe parent, and a fire nation parent, can you steam bend? Can you heat up? Can water? you heat up water? If you it would fire be, in a water, yeah. Well, I think you might be able to just do that if, with water bending anyway. Boil, I don't think so. Boil water? We've never seen that. We've never seen a water bender boil water. No, but like you were just saying. Well, like, turn it into steam. Yeah, right. that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. We haven't seen that, but it would make sense at least if you were to if you could heat up rock and could you could heat up air in this in the same fashion. Yeah. Wait, who heats up air? That's how air nomads regulate their body temperature is by changing the temp- the air around their body. Where was that said? Tenzin says it to Korra. Yeah. And that's why that was my gripe. Remember, I put it in the group chat from episode one of uh, Braving the Elements. Is Zuko's like, shouldn't Ang? Be wearing a sweater. He's in the South Pole, and I'm like, 
And he says this to Janet Varney, who plays Cora, who Cora's character is the one that is informed of how it's possible right. for an aeromat to not need a jacket in the South Pole. Yeah, how can you neither, forget that? Neither one of them knew that detail. Janet okay. Varney, how could you? Do we need to go back to Ian Hates Everything? Because I missed that part. <laughs> how could you forget that detail from your career seven years ago? <laughs> Come on. Man. You're better than this. <laughs> oh, man. You got any more? Um. I mean, that's. I have. Do I have we a, come to a conclusion no, on that? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with it. With I'm with okay, it. Okay, so real quick, it it seems like every everyone who has an element, uh, like or can bend an element, has the uh, ability to change the temperature of said element. Yes. Right. So the air air benders they can change the the temperature of the air so they don't need coats in the southern in the south. You have water benders who can freeze water. You have Sozin took heat out of the uh, volcano. volcano, so he can he can smoke bend, smoke bend, yeah, smoke bend. They they say it's lava, lava manipulation is what they call it. Huh. So it would make sense that if if you can reduce the heat of fire, that you could also if all, the, all three other elements can can uh, you know change the temperature, that a, a rock bender or an earth bender can heat up a rock. Rock bender. Nice. I, I like that. <laughs> Head cannon. <laughs> We've done that before. Boulder bender. <laughs> boulder bender. The yeah. boulder bender. Uh, all right, cool. So it gets uh, the wait, capture card no, stamp of approval. That's then. kind of – I'm, I'm kind of arguing against uh, yeah, it. Yeah, he's, uh, he's arguing against it. Because, yeah, cause, and even, even firebenders, Azula bends oh, blue, fi- blue flame. So it's hotter. So it's hotter. So, yeah. yeah. No, so damn if, it. If damn the, it. If the other three elements, fire, air, and water – can change the temperature of their element. Yeah. It would make sense that a rock bender... Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you meant to say boulder bender. <laughs> a boulder bender can change the, the temperature of his rock. Okay. Here's what, here is what I'm thinking. Argument. Here's what I'm thinking. With that being said, I agree with Ian. But with what we see in Toff's NBA, I think what word the fan theory is the direction they're taking it in. You think that's where they're going? Yes. That, yes. Because when all of these were developed, they didn't have the lava bending in mind. Right. Now, this is the direction they're going. I think with Sun, they made a point of I, that. I agree with that. Yeah. I yeah. can agree to that. Okay. Wow. That was oddly civil. <laughs> <laughs> well, firm handshakes all around, boys. Thank you. It's you. You are an idiot, and these are all the reasons why you're wrong, Mickey. No. <laughs> <laughs> you need a dunder head cap. <laughs> Ooh, we need that. But that's good for the studio. Yep. Take that L. Dunder Ian, you said cap. you had another head cannon. Okay, okay. Uh, a head cannon or fan theory? I mean, six of one, right? Does, does, is it the, it's the same thing. What do you mean? Six what? of one, half and do, half a dozen of another? It's the same thing. Head cannon can fill in gaps where theory is more of an, an like, analyzes. You know, you know, sometimes you have these sayings that I've just never heard. <laughs> like, <laughs> Six of one, half a dozen of another? No. Holy cow. No. You are, wow. Have you ever heard that, Austin? Yeah, it's like spoon in the sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nobody's ever heard that. Yes, they have. I just made that I up. Want, okay. You're just making shit up. Like, <laughs> who, I just whoever, made that up. Whoever is listening to this, I please comment on, on our social media if you have heard that damn term. What is it? Say it again. Six of one, half a dozen of another. 
or spooning the sparrow. Or spooning the sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've definitely heard that. But I get what Ian say, what Ricky's saying is that like you have these like old timey phrases. Yeah, who's in Grant's tomb? <laughs> what? <laughs> who's buried in Grant's tomb? Yeah, that's Grant uh, is buried in Grant's tomb. <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> you probably have just doilies on your furniture. I do. Don't you? I do. Just because your small brain can't freaking fathom these questions. Oh, we went to handshakes to at each other's throats like <laughs> sixty seconds. Okay. 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 So th- this theory is new to me. If it's not new to you guys, please tell me. Uh, so the job of the next avatar is to fix the errors of the last. Oh, we've talked about this a bit. We talked about this actually quite a bit. It's not their job. It's just that they inherit a different set of problems. Yeah. Like how Karuk had to deal with the av- the spirits because Yang Chen ignored them. Okay, so it goes deeper than that, though. Kind oh, of. Okay. It can go deeper. It, it does. So because... Uh, hold on. Can I read it? Yeah, go for it. I'll just read the sure. theory to you. Yeah. So there's a general theme that sweeps the Avatar lore, specifically with regards to the Avatar and the jobs they perform throughout their lifetimes. Over and over again throughout the lore of Avatar, it seems that each Avatar's greatest mission is to correct the greatest failure of the previous Avatar. Aang is tasked with stopping the Fire Nation after Roku fails to do so during his life. Korra restores the Air Nomads after Aang failed to protect them while he was alive. Kuruk has his life and Spirit destroys bringing balance to the spirit world after Yang Chen neglects the spirits in favor of the physical world. Yang Chen herself is left to fix the problems of the physical world after Avatar Seto focuses mostly entirely on healing a broken Fire Nation, their failings in their past lives becoming their most pressing tasks when they are reborn. Here's okay. Here's why I disagree with this. I think it's more like a destiny thing, or like like an Avatar always has a conflict they need to resolve in their life. Here's where that theory has a hole in it, and they literally skip over Roku's what he destroyed or his test mm-hmm. had nothing to do with Kyoshi. It was all it was it was it was yeah, a story about about it was it was about Roku and his relationship with Sozin and he even says that was my first test as the avatar was shutting shutting him down, shutting his war down when it, when on his wedding day, remember? Roku's struggle was was between him and Sozin was the avatar and the fire ward. That has nothing to do with Kyoshi. That has nothing to do with the legacy of Kyoshi. So, and even even listing off those, they skipped over Roku because they knew. No, they They're skipped like, over Kyoshi. Oh, they did? They skipped over Kyoshi. But I have a theory that, that Roku didn't really inherit a problem, uh, a clear-cut problem the same way that Yang Chen, Aang, Karuk did. That's true. Well, that's because so, Kyoshi was perfect. <laughs> but she, her, her aggressiveness is what started in my opinion, is what started the hatred of the Avatar from the Fire Nation's perspective. Oh, yes, that's true. So Roku, especially being a Fire Nation citizen, it kind of, his problem was just a, or the the problem that Aang inherited inherited was just an extension of Kyoshi's problem, to be honest. Hmm. Because Kyoshi started the hatred of the Avatar from the Fire Lord, and then that kind of went downhill with the the riff that Roku and Sozin had, therefore his death. The- no, I totally agree. I mean, that, that would have to be the only conflict that Roku would inherit, is just this distrust for the Avatar from the Fire Lord. Yeah, dislike, distrust, dislike, hatred. 
Yeah. That's my theory. Well, I don't think I don't think Sosa necessarily hated Roku. He didn't hate Roku. He hated the Avatar. And he and he, he took, knew that with the Avatar gone, nobody could stand in his way. He took offense to the fact that that Roku being a Fire Nation citizen wasn't picking the Fire Nation first. He even says it in right. in the episode. True. He's like, You are you are Fire Nation first and Roku's like, I'm I'm the Avatar. At the same time though, he also goes to rescue him on the volcano before he changes his mind. Because so he well, was he was at least still struggling. Sure, with it. he sure. wasn't just outright hatred. But then at the very last moment, when he sees Roku go down, he, he's like, "Oh, all my dreams can come true if you are not here." Yeah, all, my my father and my grandfather and all them they are right. It definitely makes sense when you think about Yang Chen to Karuk and right. and Ang to Kor. I like that Ang to Kor one actually. I didn't so, think about that. Really. That's a big, big old well, theme in Korra. Well, I mean, <laughs> Tenzin says it plenty of times. No, it's not, okay, it's so not really a, a big thing. Okay, but it doesn't happen until the last season. Here we go. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Here's another thing about this. There's so much conflict in Korra. Every season is a new conflict. It's not inherit. It's not all inherited from Aang. You know what I'm saying? Well, so Korra's going to have each avatar is going to have their own little mini conflict. Okay. But the overarching conflict uh, or issue that Aang failed to do, that he wanted to do, was one, save his nation, and two, rebuild it after it was decimated. He didn't get a chance to do either of those. Mm, I don't know. I mean, uh, they, they do end Korra on that note that right. she's restoring the air acolyte group. So, uh, what do you mean? Or the air, like she's like now that everybody's got airbending again, she's like. Restoring the air and yeah, her well, her and Tenzin, hmm. bringing to bringing to life hmm. what Aang always tried to do. Right, they restored the Air Nation. Yeah. in season four, oh, of course. Hmm, I like it. They're the Air Nation. They are, huh? Yeah, yeah they changed their yeah. name to the Air Nation because they're no longer nomads and stuff. Casual. I'm so casual. <laughs> this is <laughs> okay. we tore apart them not being ready for the the podcast. And, like, we're on our phones right now and making mistakes. Don't you know what I'm to, saying? Well, I mean, <laughs> it, it just goes to show how it can, how hard that, that podcasting is. But whatever. Yeah. I I would agree with that, though. I think that's a good theory. Mm. It does have some holes, though. So well, I don't, I'm not 100% I'm not on board. It. I'm not completely, yeah. I'm not completely sold. We, I guess we'll have to see what the next Avatar inherits. What yeah. would the next Avatar inherit from Korra? The next Avatar would inherit... Not knowing how to be the avatar until, until he connects with Korra, because all the right. the chain of avatars is broken in Korra. So she, the next avatar is going to be I don't know. I I feel like there would be like some sto- sort of conflict there. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe that could be something. I think the main conflict is still going to be that this the harmonic convergence is still had not fully addressed. Yeah, like yeah. all the problems that might come with that. Yeah, that I don't know. I don't know. What, well, what happened in – have you read the graphic novels? Yes. You have? Yeah. Like what happens after the show? Uh, this guy tries to uh, – you know the, the spirit portal in Republic City? Right. Uh, he tries to make it like a tourist attraction and like monetize it. And the – yeah, and the spirits <laughs> all really? – Yeah, the spirits pop out and like and like they start fighting. Mark people? Yeah. Yeah, okay. it's crazy. So there's actually can – I, can I throw a theory in? Let's do it. There's a theory that I, I just – I literally just read the title of it and I was like – I was like, okay. So we see that when a spirit like crosses over into a person, they can get, uh, they become like a hybrid, you know? Yeah. We see, okay, so that's, that's because of that, that's why there's these hybrid animals in the Avatar world. 
is a causation of of like the spirits in the spirit world and and their their influence on the world. That's why you have all these hybrid oh. animals. You like Ooh. that, huh? Yeah, you like that, Ricky. huh? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> is, that yeah. is that uh, some uh, some yeah. OC? No, no, no. Uh, I I, I just that? read that title and I was like, yeah. I didn't even go into it. I was like, hmm, that makes take, sense. Yep, I like that. Boop, head cannon. Yeah. So that's Ooh. why you have these these crazy these crazy creatures and stuff because the spirits have been around forever and and you know they've influenced the world in such a way that you get uh, turtle ducks. I so. have a theory, not necessarily about the lore, but about the direction of the show. And I think that, um, so what we all loved about, like, after our last Airbender when it first came out is that it seemed like there was, like, this old-timey kind of, you know, what you, what did you say, like, 17th century kind of world if it was to be kind of replicated in the as, real world. As scenario. far as with Atla? Yeah, like, what yeah. timeline it would fall in, yeah. like, 17th century sure. kind of well, stuff. Well, like, it's on the, in, in Atla, last Airbender, it's, like, on the brink of of industrialization, we see that we see that with like the Fire Nation technology. It's right. like, and then by the time Korra, you have vehicles and and skyscrapers and you know a yeah. big ton. So, so I think that what I think is going to happen is I think that they went too far with the industrialization and they realized that, and that like they made it almost too far into the future by the time they got to Korra. Well, like maybe not the who too far in the future because obviously the, it's real years and time, but like they they brought too much technology in. So with harmonic convergence, it's going to then introduce spirits into the world more, and things are not going to seem so futuristic. They're going to seem more whimsical and again, fantasy again, again. like oh. they did back in Atlas. You think that's where the show is going to go? I think it's just as far as a world building. Okay, that's what they're going to do. A, a to, to take some of the mechanical, because like airbending, like the best example I saw is like airbending and like Ang was supposed to be was supposed to have robot Momo when it when they first started. And his staff was metal. You've never seen that, the like one of the first, yeah, the first drawings the first, of Aang. Yeah, first drawing. Huh. He lo- it looks yeah. like Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, fascinating. And they're like, well, that doesn't really jive well with airbending, like yeah. robotics and airbending, like spirituality and stuff. So I think that they realize that in Korra, and so they're going to bring that back and make it more whimsical and fantasy. Okay, that's interesting because a lot of people theorize like the next Avatar is going to be it's going to be more futuristic, just like it skipped from Aang to Korra. But so you're saying it's going to turn into even more of a fantasy world? Yes, I like that. Uh, that would be really cool to see, and that would be. That would be like more like a more creative approach than you know make it just skipping forward now. Th- yeah. Oh, now they're in like in eighties era. You know what? Uh, yeah. Know. Then you're moving too fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. need to if they want to come out with a bunch of new avatars, they got to reel it back a little is bit. That, yeah. Is that the picture? That's yep. it, right? There. That's that, it. that looks like a. Uh, I know you guys aren't going aren't, aren't going to get this uh, reference. It looks like a Robo Bear from uh, Thundercats. Oh, oh, nice. Thundercats. Yeah. yeah, I didn't watch enough of that no. to know no. what you're talking about, but I do like Thundercats. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay, so he looks like a koala. Let me show you a picture of a Robo Bear from okay. Thundercats. Or but as much as I love that, I do want to see Cyberpunk Avatar. I would love to see Cyberpunk <laughs> I also Avatar. I want to see that. That would be sick. That and like that would be cool if they did like a like a, Ro- a what if Robo Bear, sorry. Yeah. A what if Avatar type stuff. Ooh, you know what would be yeah. really sick? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I've definitely seen that thing before. Yeah, it's a Robo Bear. You know what would be really sick? In typical cyberpunk fashion, kind of like the next avatar is an earthbender in the slums, just earthbending down, uh-huh. like, you know, doing like garbage, like like a, picking up garbage on the side of the uh-huh. street in the slums and stuff. Uh-huh. Earthbending her way through. I think it would be a girl, by the way. Do you think so? so? I think the next avatar is going to be another girl. 
So if if we have a cyberpunk avatar, can they bend neon? <laughs> that would get pretty nuts. Blind people with my neon's neon. Neon's inert gas. So who would be able to bend it? An airbender. Airbender only, right? Well, it's it's ignited, right? Isn't it an ignited gas? No, I think when you I think what makes neon is it's an inert gas that when you shoot an ion through it, like it lights up. Oof. Okay. Something like that. As soon as you said ion, I was like, I don't know. Yeah, my eyes, my eyes <laughs> like, when it's ionized, like it lights up. I don't know. Oh, okay. I remember watching a I get down the YouTube rabbit hole stuff like that all the time. <laughs> okay. But so your um your theory is more like a speculation. That's what it is. About the direction about the, about the world building direction yes. of the yes. show. Yeah. And I I like that speculation. I would like if it went that way. I would really. I think that's a. I don't. Creative I've way. said this before. I don't. I don't think Avatar works in a futuristic world. I just don't. Yeah. yeah. What happens when you introduce guns? You know. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't do that. I mean, they kind of. But have... lead can be earthbent. She can like. Can you imagine Toph like doing the Neo thing? Like, <laughs> you know, stopping. She just says no. And it's perfect because she's blind too, so she's like the, the ancient. And she just like she could even wear those uh, neo glasses, and it'd be totally appropriate. I like yeah. it, you know. I like it. She's the one. Yeah, she's the one. And Earthbender should just like, they, they just walk around with like a pocket full of lead, and they like finger gun like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, shoot people. Choo <laughs> choo. Just out of their <laughs> with finger pistols. No, I would totally it, do that. You would have to have Stop. like platinum bullets. For no, because an earthbender can't bend platinum. Yeah, I know. Oh, oh, okay. So you, you're as, so platinum. as a oh. non-bender, you would have to have platinum bullets. Yeah, and like platinum everything. That'd be crazy. Yeah, but can super a, expensive. Can an earthbender bring up like a wall of rock and stop? You know, bullets. Maybe. Hmm. Now mm-hmm. I want to see. Well, they do have. Don't they have a big giant like cannon thing in? Uh... In Cora, uh, Cora, yeah. that's from the Spirit Vines, powered by the Spirit Vines. What do the big um, mechas have? They don't have guns or anything. They no, don't have anything. No, that they it's shoot. just no the projectiles. Spirit, just the Spirit Cannon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. hmm. I'm glad they didn't introduce guns into Cora. Though. Yeah. yeah. I wonder. Dumb. Yeah. I wonder if they ever will. Wait, well, I mean, like, what if an Earthbender? All they need is a squirt gun, or I mean, a waterbender. What <laughs> a squirt gun? Yeah. Oh, yeah, shoot ice at people. (laughs) God damn, what the fuck? Stay over there. I got to pump it up. (laughs) Super soakers. Yeah. (laughs) I want to play with super soakers now. You have to have have rows of of waterbenders like you would in old time. Oh, yeah. Like, like, (laughs) have you sitting there reloading your musket? Oh, my God. (laughs) You're reloading your, your, your super soaker? Yeah, I guess, it, well, like Ricky was saying, they wouldn't need a super soaker. They would just use finger pistols and shoot water out. <laughs> I like I like the bending finger pistols. I, I, <laughs> I really like this. And we know this because, uh, you know, Aang, Aang talks about an air sword where it's just a handle and you bend you bend air. Yeah, he talks about that in uh, in uh, Sokka's Master. And okay. He does. I, I yeah. remember that. Yep. Yeah, when, well, he, when, he puts on, when he puts on the, the big armor, he's yeah, like, yeah. all I need is a, a wind sword. That's what he says. A wind sword. So finger guns, same same concept. <laughs> it kind of fits the same concept. Okay. Head cannon, finger guns exist. In there the you go. World. All right. Yeah. There we go. We there finally we go. got a head cannon. I think everything cannon. so far has been theory. No, I, I I had a head cannon early, but but some of these theories we've kept as head cannon. True. 
with the Cabbage Card Do we have approval. any more headcanons or fan theories? You know what? We're, we're running kind of late. You want to save some more theories? Revisit that. We're, we're definitely going to revisit this. I we do, yeah. we had a lot of fun with I this. I do have more more theories and headcanons. Uh, yeah, we should save it. I don't want to go over. I definitely don't want to go over Sokka being the father of Suyin. I I really don't. Everyone's heard that. Everyone's one. heard that one. Everyone's, Everyone's heard, heard that, that one. and it's not. It doesn't hold any weight. Well, it's just okay. No, we won't even get into it. Yeah, we yeah, we don't want to. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, whatever. Everyone talks. So about don't that look one. for that one. Is what you're saying? Because that's one we're <laughs> that definitely one, not talking about. That one about. and reincarnation of of like Appa. We've already done that too. Yeah. Actually, how about this? How about this? Why don't we? We'll make an Instagram post and we'll ask our fans. Like favorite, what favorite fan theory? Favorite, favorite fan the- we'll theories and headcanon. That's what we'll do. I like, it. I like that. Cool. I like that idea. Recruit from the fan base. That sounds good. All right. Well, with that being said, thank you so much for listening. Remember to follow the Cabbage Cart Podcast on Instagram. Follow Triforce AZ on Instagram. Rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. With that being said, you ready to get out of here, guys? Yep, yep. Yep, yep. Yep, yep.